Glory to God. Isn't it wonderful to know that Jesus Christ has just come to redeem us and set us free? Today we're going to be talking about redemption in, uh, and, the, and the dimensions of redemption and what it actually is. Now, uh, the key verse that I'm going to read from is, well, I'm going to read two verses. This is from Galatians 4 verse 5 and Titus 2 verse 14. Galatians 4 verse 5 says the following. It says, Um, that Christ has come to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Now, the two very important things that we need to understand in this uh, passage, or two words here, it is redeem, and then also uh, what what does the adoption of sons mean? So he has come to redeem us from um, that we, he has re- come to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And then uh, Titus 2.14 says, um, Who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity, and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous for good works. Now that is absolutely wonderful, you know, that God has come and that he has actually declared to us that we have been in a place where he has redeemed us unto good works. He has redeemed us to a place where we can have good works, which is not out, I mean, it's not commanded towards us that we must have good works. It is part of the redemption plan. That is what it's all about. He has come and he has redeemed us uh, from out from under the law unto a place where we can have no iniquity and wherein he has purified us for himself, a, a people that are zealous for good works. Now, let me just read that again. That is so, so powerful. It says, Who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity. So, verse 4 says, that he came to redeem them that were under the law. So, he wants to redeem us from out of under the law. He wants to redeem us from iniquity. Now, the law is not iniquity, but under the law, we find iniquity, the ability to harm, manifest in ourselves, where we harm ourselves, where we harm other people, and where we, uh, where we just see decay and, um, you know, things just go backwards. So, Jesus Christ has come to redeem us, and, and, and you can jot this down, He's come to redeem us from out of under the law. Why? Because He needs to redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself his own special people zealous of good works glory to god that is so so powerful you know that we yes uh, yes purified us zealous for good works now let us just read another verse um, I want to go to Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61 is a powerful scripture. And we're going to look at this whole redemption plan and what this redemption plan is all about. It says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. 
Now, what it says here, it says it talks about the day of the vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. If you really go and study out that, that vengeance there, it also talks about redemption, uh, wherein uh, the kinsman's redeemer would come and take vengeance on those that would oppress their family members. That's what it talks about. So um, we are talking about redemption here and we're talking about the vengeance of God. Now, uh, I want to just read the, um, the, the definition of redemption. When the Bible talks about redemption, uh, it talks, uh, and we're going to read the, the, um, the Hebrew word for redemption here. It talks about the kinsman's redeemer or the avenger or the person that will have revenge or vengeance or destruction. Um, it talks, there's, there's basically one, two, three, four points that I'm going to look at. And let us just read the definition. It means to redeem, to act as a kinsman's redeemer, to avenge or revenge, to ransom, to do the part of a kinsman, to act as a kinsman, to do the part of the next of kin, to act as a redeemer, by marrying the brother's widow, to beget a child for him, to redeem from slavery, to redeem, to extract vengeance. Okay, now that is very, very important to look at. And let us just read one other verse, and this is from Hosea 13:14. It says, I will, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, where, are, uh, where will be your plagues? O grave, I will be your destruction, and repentance shall be hid from mine eyes. Now, the King James is a bit different. I think, I see I copied another translation here. It says, I will redeem you from death, O death, I will be your plague, O grave, I will be your destruction, and repentance shall be hid from mine eyes. So, what we can see clearly here is that there is uh, some violence, if you want to almost call it like that, that goes hand in hand with redemption. He says here that he has come to redeem us from death. He has come to, there will be a day of the vengeance of our God where people that are taken captive will be set free from jail, set free from oppression, set free from slavery. And it also comes and, and it talks about some form of uh, a vengeance, wherein we would read so many scriptures in the Bible about a fiery indignation and anger and all of those kind of things, it talk, talking about a revenge. And here we see it even in Hosea, where, where God says that I will redeem my people, I will act as the kinsman's redeemer, and what I will do is, I will plague death, and I will destroy death. That's what he talks about. He says that he will plague death, he will destroy death. Now, if God has come and he has said that he will plague death, he will destroy death, it talks of some kind of a anger, some kind of a vengeance. And what is beautiful about this is that we see it's not directed towards us, but it's directed towards what destroys us. Now, let us just read Isaiah 61 again. Isaiah 61 says that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me 
to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. So it talks about brokenhearted people that will be bound up. It talks about the proclamation of liberty to the captives. So he's come and he says, the Spirit of God is upon me. I've come to speak to the brokenhearted. I've come to heal their heart. I've come to set the captives free. And I have come to open the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of the vengeance of our God, or the, the day of the kinsman's redeemer. The day of the kinsman's redeemer. Now, let me explain to you what the kinsman's redeemer is all about. <clears throat> when we look at, um, you know, the Bible times, you could find a Hebrew person uh, be so poor that he felt that he had to sell himself to a foreigner, to be a slave of a foreigner. That's what this was all about. So it was a Hebrew person that would sell himself as a slave to a foreigner and when he was sold as a slave to a foreigner, this foreigner will obviously, um, you know, some of them will deal in a good way with a Hebrew, other, other will deal in a bad way. And um, then when he would sell himself as a slave, he, he could be redeemed and the redemption could take place in certain ways. Um, it would be calculated on how many years of service was outstanding unto the day of Jubilee, and then that could be paid, or the year of Jubilee, which was the 50th year where all the slaves had to go free. So every 50th year, um, they could go free, but if they wanted to leave before the time, there was a price that had to be paid. And then the closest family member, not just any person, it was very specific, even if you read in the Bible also, if you go and read the Jewish encyclopedia and those kind of things, it specifies the closest family member alive had to come and then pay the price to buy his freedom. What was very interesting was that if this slave was, um, was beaten to death by the slave master, in other words, um, if, if I had a brother and he sold himself to a foreigner to be a slave and the foreigner, doesn't matter why, what the reason was, if he lost his temper and in his anger and in his vengeance and in his displeasure because this person couldn't uh, um, do the work that he wanted him to do, if he would kill that, my brother, then I had the right to avenge his blood. I had the right to avenge his blood. And the way I would do that was by coming in and killing the, um, you know, s some documents say that you had to kill the whole family. You had to kill that slave master's whole family. Um, you know, and that is what I had the right to do. So my family would come in and we would go and we would um, have vengeance, revenge against the death of our family member. Now, when we look at what Christ has done for us, that's exactly what He has come to do. He has come to completely destroy that which has destroyed us. So, when we look at the day of the vengeance of our God, we're looking at the day of the kinsman's redeemer, wherein the closest family member to mankind came to revenge the death of his family member. 
and to set free. Now all of these things in the Old Testament talk, you know, it's all types and shadows of the very same thing where everything flows together and actually speaks of the same thing. So we can talk about a price that has been paid. We can talk about vengeance. Now in this specific case, we're looking about uh, at the combination of these things wherein God comes and He wants to set these people free by having vengeance on the system that destroyed man. By having vengeance on Satan and his demons and whosoever and whatsoever wants to keep you in slavery. Now that is amazing. <laughs> Glory to God. We, you know, so many times when it comes to the day of the vengeance of our God, we were so afraid because is God going to kill me? Is God going to judge me? Is God going to end my life? Never. You know, if you look at somebody that was in slavery, um, you know, back in the Hebrew, Hebrew days, you wouldn't find that when the kinsman's redeemer pitch up that the brother would be afraid. No, when, when the kinsman's redeemer would pitch up, you would know this is the time when payment is going to be made where I can walk away free. That is what will take place. And that is also where the, 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 uh, the, the, um, the idea comes from that Jesus paid with his blood. Uh, it was not a payment as in God paying the devil what he owed the devil. Uh, it was a way wherein in the old system, uh, emphasis could be placed upon freedom, where we could see that Christ has come to set us free. So that when we would see Jesus Christ come, the closest family member uh, to mankind, which is God, when God would come, and He would come in Jesus Christ, that we can say, He's come to set me free from slavery. And in that context, we see payment. Uh, if we go and look at, uh, even, and I'm maybe getting a little bit off the point here, but if we go and look at uh, Pharaoh and God, you know, God didn't come to pay Pharaoh something so that Pharaoh would have a payment that he could keep his system going by the payment to keep his whole kingdom going. He didn't pay Pharaoh. He destroyed Pharaoh. He destroyed all of Pharaoh's armies. He destroyed all his power. He disarmed him. He made a public spectacle of him. He ended him completely in the Red Sea when the Red Sea closed up on them. When they went and they were hunting down the Israelites to keep them in bondage when God declared freedom for them and they wanted to keep them in bondage, what did God do? God came and destroyed their army completely, wiped Egypt out and they've never been the same until today, from that day. Uh, you know, the, the, that mighty dynasty ended you know, in what God has come and brought forth when he ended the whole army of Pharaoh and ended their whole system and plagued them. Now, I would like to go and look at, at um, Exodus. And we're going to read from Exodus chapter 6. And we're going to look at this whole redemption thing. And you might say, Beth, you know, you've preached about this a lot in the United States. Um, yes, I have. And I just believe that the Lord is just revealing more and more. And when we look at the Kingsman's Redeemer, I want to tell you, your closest family member, which is Jesus Christ, came to redeem you from the oppression of sin, from the oppression of fear, from the oppression of death. He's come to give you life. He's come to give you immortality. He's come to, to braid you into the Trinity. And everything that has harmed you, that has brought pain to you, He's come to destroy that. That is what He has come to do. He's come to destroy the destroyer. He's come to let captivity 
captive. And I want to tell you, he comes in with vengeance. And as we can see in Hosea, and let me just read that again. He says here, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. So what God has come to do, he's come to ransom us from the power of the grave. And he talks, he talks the language of the kingsman's redeemer. He's saying, I'm coming to, the, to, to save my family members from the grave he says i will redeem them i will do the 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 work of the kinsman's redeemer i'll redeem them from death now listen how we will redeem them he says i will plague the grave and i will destroy death and repentance shall be hid from my eyes now what that means is God says I'm coming in with a vengeance and I'm coming in with the, with the armies of heaven I'm coming in with, with my if we talk about the armies of heaven talk about the fullness of God's power and he's coming to plague death just look at Pharaoh we're going to read that now you know what has God done he, he's given plagues you know Pharaoh was plagued and he has come to plague death he has come to plague death he's come to destroy the grave and he will not repent from what he has planned to do so our God has got one thing in his mind and that is he's going to destroy what, what, what came to destroy his people he's not against you he's not here to punish you he will not plague you with sickness and disease and all those kind of things. God is not going to put you through a hard time to teach you something. He's not going to bring cancer or destruction or any of those things uh, over you. You know, this morning we, um, we, we heard a, a, a bad news that uh, a guy in our church, Uncle James, you know, he, he passed away this morning at 7 o'clock in a motor car accident. And, um, you know, I just spoke to his wife and, man, it is just so sad. It was unexpected. He was a preacher of the gospel. Many times when I wasn't there, he would preach in our church and he'd preach the gospel of grace. And uh, he got into the message of grace through, our, um, through my ministry. And it just, oh, well, he, he, he got into it uh, in a, to a certain degree through someone else's ministry and then when he started to see just the staying in depth it was when God brought him over our path and he's been to my house many times um, and I just love this guy he's got such a passion and he was preaching he was on his way to um, if I'm not mistaken he was on his way to preach again this morning they left early and uh, apparently something fell from a truck and the, the car overturned and he passed away and when I thought of that, you know, the first thing that came to my mind is the vengeance of our God. Not that God punished him, but that God said in Hosea that he will plague the grave and he will destroy death. And that Uncle James has got this promise from God that he will live in his body and never die. Meaning that Christ will return and that Christ, you know, has plagued the grave with the resurrection of Jesus Christ and that this death that is in that happened to his body to uncle James's body that he that death will 
be completely destroyed in the resurrection and that our God came in Jesus Christ and he comes in with a vengeance as the kinsman's redeemer and he has, we have seen him redeem uh, James from sin. We could see a life when he lived the fruit of the spirit. We could see joy and the fruit of the spirit in his life and he shall also, um, he will completely destroy death in James's life by raising him from the grave one day in the return of Christ. Isn't that absolutely powerful? Our God says, I will destroy everything that destroys you. And if death is destroying our bodies, I will tell you, He will raise us up. Glory to God. He will destroy, let me read it again, I will be your destruction and I will not repent. So I want to say this. God will never ever repent from anything that is negative. He's, uh, that, that, that negative that has happened to us. He will always give us life. He will always give us peace. He will always give us joy. And if our body is dying, our God is not going to repent now and decide, well, it was just good enough to have you in heaven and all of that. Nonsense. He will completely destroy what destroys us. And when Christ comes back, he will raise us from the grave. Now, let us just read the heart of God in Exodus, and we're going to just repeat this whole thing that I've said, and we're going to see this in Exodus. Now, Exodus 6 1 says, God said to Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. With a strong hand, he'll send him, uh, he'll send them out free. With a strong hand, he'll drive them out of his land. Now, what is he saying? He says, you will see what I will do with Pharaoh. I'm going to destroy Pharaoh, and I'm going to set you guys, um, I'm going to set you guys free. And then he got, went on, and listen to verse 2. Listen to the heart of God here. He says, God continued speaking to Moses, reassuring him, I am God. I appear to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob as um, as the strong God, but by my name, God, I am present. I was known to them. So what is he saying here? He's saying to them, listen guys, I want you to look at what I will do to that which oppresses you. So maybe you are sitting in a time when you are oppressed by fear. You're oppressed by sin. You're oppressed by sickness. You're oppressed by death. I look at, a, at, at, at James. He was oppressed by death. But we will see what God has done to this Pharaoh. And we have seen it already in Christ 2,000 years ago. And we shall see the full manifestation of this in the return of Jesus. And we will see signs and wonders in our lives today. So if you are sitting with fear in your life, if you are sitting with, with anxiety, if you are sitting with things in your life where you feel this is not God's quality of life for me, I want to tell you God's word towards you is, look what I've done to the Pharaoh. Look what I've done to that which oppresses you in Christ. And if we want to make that a now word, I want to tell you, if you sit with us, don't try and resolve your own problem by willpower or any of those things. God has promised you, and he says, look what I will do. I will deliver you with a strong hand. And then look at what he's done, what he's doing to Moses. The Bible says that he continues 
continued reassuring Moses because he knew what Moses needed was a heart that's persuaded that Moses didn't have to try and redeem the people and set the people free from the Pharaoh. He just had to lead them out. The only way he had to lead them out was to follow the leadership of God and God would then plague Pharaoh. The plagues didn't fall on the children of Israel. The plagues fell on the Pharaoh. So never think, you know, when you go through a hard time, God, what are you trying to teach me? Why are you plaguing me with this? Like Job, you know, there were times when he was, when, when his friends came and thought that God brought the plagues, God brought the sores. Listen, God doesn't bring any of those things to you. If you have anything that is uh, uh, um, in your life that is not of the quality of God's life, no, it's not of God. And God has come and he has brought such a great power in Christ that when the devil sees that, when sickness and disease and and, and the the fruit of the flesh sees that, it sees it as a plague. You know, I've, I've even heard people preach against the grace message, says that the grace message is a plague. Now, if the grace message and the message of God's acceptance and the message of God's freedom is a plague to you, the question that comes in my heart is, on whose side are you? <laughs> if the grace message is a plague, if the message that says that Christ accepts everyone, if the message that says that God has come to give us life and immortality plagues your doctrine, on whose side are you? You need to ask yourself that question because I want to tell you that kingdom of the devil has been destroyed on the cross and now we are seeing that which God has accomplished upon the cross enforced in people's lives. We see the fruit of the Spirit coming forth in people's lives by the resurrection power of God and not by our willpower or our doing. He's bringing it forth in our lives. If I just think of this ministry, you know, this ministry, um, according to human understanding, was never supposed to even exist. But here it is, strong, growing, reaching more and more people, and it will continue to reach more and more people. Glory to God. God is opening doors for us, um, you know, and, and has put upon my heart to, to preach on the web like this, but we're also going to preach on television. We're going to be on some, uh, and this I just know by my heart, this is what's going to take place. We're going to be on some television stations um, in America. We're going to preach on some television stations uh, in Canada. We're going to be on more stations in Africa and we're going to see this message of life and immortality being spread all over the world and people will hear this good news. Glory to God. And it's not by my power. It is the vengeance of God against what is destroying people that is bringing forth this message in the earth. It's not me. It's not my nice eloquent speech or any of that. It is the doing of God. It's the vengeance of God in action. It's the fire of God that burns against what destroys his people. To start with, God has come and brought forth forth a truth in Jesus that is so powerful that that it, it raised Christ from the dead and placed a man in the Trinity and based on this truth and what he has brought forth, based on this plague, (laughs) he can now destroy death. 
You know, Jesus Christ in his resurrection is an absolute plague to fear. It's an absolute plague to manipulation and control. It is a plague to any system of destruction that doesn't bring people free. It's a plague to the to the spiritual jail system. It's a plague to that which enslaved people to bondage and sin. And God comes in with a vengeance to destroy. Glory to God. To destroy what destroys you. Remember, sickness, disease, um, anything that puts you in fear and torment or a heart that is, that is uh, um, vexed with, with anxiety or even a fear of death, all those kind of things is not God bringing it over you. If, if you're going through hard times, it might just be this world. You know, but I want to tell you, God is even taking vengeance on the decay that is in this world. The Bible says clearly that creation waits for the adoption of the sons of God. Now, we can go back to that verse. Man, I'm not getting to even finish Exodus, but I will get to it. Um, let me just read what the verse I read in the beginning here. It says in Galatians 5 verse 4, To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And then Romans 8 verse 23 says, And not only they, but we ourselves, it says creation groans, and we ourselves groans, which have the first fruit of the Spirit. We are waiting for the adoption to witness the redemption of our bodies. So I want to tell you, God is even taking vengeance on the curse that fell upon the earth which brings you know we see this earth going backwards we see this earth in corruption we see this earth in decay we see the harm that's done to animals we see the harm that's done to people we see all of that but I want to tell you God has taken vengeance against all of those things a tornado that destroys nations and destroys people is not the plan of God earthquakes and all those kind of things I want to tell you God has taken vengeance against that and the way he's taken vengeance against that is he's raised a man from the grave and that spirit of life he pours out into people's hearts so that we can believe upon that truth and as the spirit enters us we see the effects of that spirit as and those effects are things like love peace joy in all of those things and that that's fruit is even more powerful than what this world can bring us and then we will see in the return of Christ his vengeance come to a full manifestation which will be he will destroy all death he will make the earth new he will he will raise those that has died he will raise us from the grave and he will bring life and immortality to man glory to God isn't that absolute good news Man, that is good news. Let us read um, from uh, uh, Exodus. And we're just going to see a little bit more on this vengeance part here. It says in verse 4, it says, um, I also establish my covenant with them and give them the land Canaan, the country where they will live. Um, and verse six says, <clears throat> verse 5 says, But now I have heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians continue to enslave and I have remembered my covenant therefore tell the Israelites I am God I will bring you out from under the cruel hard labor of Egypt the Bible says um, that the, the word the word for um, for evil means to be oppressed with labors to be hard pressed 
The Bible even says in um, Matthew 11, I think it's Matthew 11, 28, it says, Are you uh, hard-pressed by labors? Are you oppressed? Come to me and I will, le- I will teach you how to have a good rest. Learn from me. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Come and learn from me. For I will teach you how to have a good rest. I will teach you the unforced rhythms of grace. Go and read that message, uh, that, that, that verse uh, um, in, in the Message Bible. Come to me, all you that are overburdened with the practicalities of religion, and I will teach you how to have a rest. And we can see that is what the Pharaoh basically is. You know, many of us, we are so hard-pressed by our tithing, our prayer, our religious work, to put a smile on the face of God. And what God says here is that he heard the groanings of the people that were oppressed by legalism and law. He heard the groanings of the people that were under the system where good works promised eternal life but could not give that eternal life and he was fed up with that and he said I will destroy what's destroying my people. I'm going to lead you out from under the cruel Hard labor of Egypt. My goodness. Think of that. You know, when you are praying and you're trying to go through a break, fasting for a breakthrough, if you are trying as a Christian to do all the right things and you feel you're never getting it right, you know what God says? He says, I see that. And that to me spells oppression. And I see my people groaning and suffering under that system. And I promise you, I will deliver you from that. So if you are experiencing that, what can we do? Go to the place where God was speaking to Moses, reassuring him, I am the God that promises and will fulfill. So go to the place where God can reassure you of what he has promised and how he fulfills that. And what better place than the resurrection? Because God promised us that we will, we will not be under sin. He didn't say stop to sin and I'll save you. He says, I promise you that I will destroy sin in your life. I promise you. What does that verse say? Let me read it again. It says here, uh, Titus 2.14, it says, that I might redeem them from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous for good works. So what does God say? He says, I, the Lord God, promises you that I will redeem you from iniquity and I will create in you, I will make you a person zealous, full of power for good works. Glory to God. (laughs) He doesn't say do good works, stop your sin, and then I will not plague you with pain and death. That's not what he says. He says, when I see you trying to have life by your good works, when I see that you are under a system that cannot give you good works, I would like to plague that system with, uh, with, with, with giving you life as a free gift. I would like to come and grant you life and immortality freely. I will take your death. I will destroy it by raising you up and giving you a brand new life. 
Glory to God. When it comes to uh, uh, good works, you know, when he says, when he sees you bound by anger, bound by discouragement, bound by lies, evil ways and making money, uh, fear, when he, when he sees you having fear about your children's future and all those kind of things, he says, I declare that as the enemy and I come in as the kinsman's redeemer and I will plague that system with having my knowledge of the resurrection life flood people's life and I will give them peace and joy I will bless their children with peace and joy I will come and I will give you a peace in the presence of the greatest calamity you know, like Uncle James when he passed away. The, you know, in my mind, I must think, that, you know, the devil wants to tell you, you know, if you um, heard the voice of God, you would have been at home yesterday when he wanted to come and uh, greet you. Because yesterday he came to our house. And he said, I just wanted to come and say, I will not be in the service tomorrow. Because he thought, I'm going to have a service in Durbanville. And... Um, and he said, I, I just want to come and say that I will not be here. And he came and, and he greeted somebody else in town. And um, that was uh, his good friend that's also passed away now. He had cancer. He was also uh, one of our church people and uh, in the local church here. And they were engineers years ago. Um, and, and they've come to know the good news together and everything. And then um, uh, Uncle Henty passed away and now... Today is an accident, and that can bring this thing to my mind, saying, Bertie, you know, um, what about the protection and all those kind of things? I laugh at that voice, man. I laugh at that voice, because we will see the kinsman's redeemer that will not repent of what he's promised. And he has said that I will give you life and immortality. And Uncle James will be raised up from the grave in the return of Christ, not to have a body that can become old, but one that is full of the life of God, shining as bright as the sun. And that is what God has promised us. Glory to God. He was, And he plagues death. He plagues the grave with this resurrected Christ that died as all of us, that was raised up as us, that seated at the right hand of the Father. It is a plague. And you know, a plague is not the final thing. You still plague. You still have a life where you can feel the plague. And then at the end, he will completely destroy death. Glory to God. I tell you, our God is a vicious God. He possesses the very ability to destroy death. You know, we will have people boast saying, you know, um, you know, this guy is so powerful. His army is so powerful. He can destroy this or he can kill that. Man, my God can kill death. Our God can kill death and raise us up and he's even give us the spirit that's got signs and wonders proving to the fact that he will destroy death and what signs are there there are signs wherein you can see sick people getting healed it's a sign of what we will have like praying in tongues what is praying in tongues a sign of the Bible says those who believe that Jesus was raised from the dead, in other words, those believe that immortality can come to us and that Jesus plagues the grave with being raised from the grave, having the promise of life and immortality where we will have this immortal body in the return of Christ. Those who believe that, they will be able to pray with other tongues. What does that mean? We, will, we can already speak the language that our immortal body will speak in the return of Christ. 
Christ when we are raised. So now, when we pray in the tongue, we are edified knowing that death has got no hold on us because our God has heard and seen our discomfort. He has heard and seen the, the, the powerful slavery that we were under and he has come and he has said that I will redeem you from that. And he will come with a kinsman's redeemer that's got revenge. Glory to God. I will redeem you intervening with great acts of judgment, it says. So when the Bible talks about judgment, this is the next point we can go to quickly. When the Bible talks about judgment, it's not judgment towards us where he wants to judge us. It's judgment against what oppressed us. That is what it is all about. It is judgment against what oppresses us. That, that's what this whole thing is all about. Let's read verse Exodus 6 verse 6. It says, Therefore, tell the Israelites, I am God. I will bring you out from under the cruel, hard labor of Egypt. So when I am in a place where I am faced with, Bertie, grow your ministry. Bertie, you know, prove through signs and wonders, prove something or, or anything like that. You know what I say to that situation? I say to that situation that God has said that He shall bring me out from this. I'm not using my own willpower. I'm not going to use my own willpower to be set free from fear. And I just feel a word, word from the Lord to preachers out there. Um, you know, Say to the system that tells you, you need to grow your ministry. You need to be more effective. You need to have all those kind of things. Say to, say to that system, God has told me that He will bring me out. I'm not going to try and do anything by my own good works. I'm going to experience and behold the redemption of the Lord. That's what I'm going to do. It's like Abraham said. He didn't want to give... Uh, he didn't want to take anything from the king of Sodom. Because he says, I don't want the king of Sodom to say, I have made Abraham rich. So I want to tell you, even if by our own power we can make life better for ourselves, we're not going to do that. We, Jesus Christ was hanging upon the cross. He was dying. He didn't try to redeem or save. He didn't try and save his own life. He said, I don't care if death even comes over me. I've got a promise from the Father that he will raise me on the third day and I'm going to do nothing to try and bring that about. I'm just going to believe. That is all. I'm just going to believe. People, I want to tell you, the greatest thing is just trust the Father. Just trust the Father. This is what the scripture says here. He says, I will bring you out from the cruel and hard labors of Egypt. I will rescue you from slavery. I will redeem you. And I am intervening with great acts of judgment. So I want to tell you there's great, great acts of judgment that took place um, in Jesus Christ. He's judged sin in the flesh. You know, when Christ sees you having an, an alcohol addiction, and you trying to get free from alcohol addiction by your own works. He's hearing your groaning. And he's telling you, by the resurrection power, I have already 
conquered the power of sin and death and I'm giving you life. And what he is doing is, he's just wanting you to win your heart that you can believe it's true. And if you come to the place where you say, Lord, you're the kinsman's redeemer. By your power, I'm set free from this. And I fully trust you. And I am just having a confident expectation that you shall bring it forth. You will see the vengeance of God manifest in that area. Glory to God. Amen. Man, you know, I can preach for another two hours on this. And you're going to hear more and more of this. God is taking vengeance against the fruit of the flesh. God is taking vengeance against destruction. It is called, this vengeance that he's come to take is the day, the acceptable year of the Lord. The day of the vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. He wants to comfort you. Glory to God. He wants to comfort you. Amen. So, um, I'm ending off by just reading this verse, and uh, then I'm going to pray for you. It says in Isaiah 13 verse 14, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. You know, the thing that is our problem is not just sin and death. It's not just sins. The problem is death. We are dying. And God didn't want to come and save us from the devil's fire and hell. That's not what he wanted to come to save us from. You know, we think it's all about heaven and hell and all those kind of things. It's not about that. It's about life and death. God said to Adam, don't eat of this because the day you eat you're off, you will die and you will return to the dust of the earth. And I don't want you to return to dust. I want you to live. And you know what? Adam went and uh, uh, he willfully went and partook of this. Eve was deceived, and in this whole thing that took place, you know what God said? God said, Satan has promised them life by eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, you will not die. Eat of this tree. You're not going to die. I promise you that you're going to have life. And what Satan basically did is he promised them life by following certain principles and he couldn't give it to them and Adam and Eve returned to the dust of the earth they were dying and so all people after them were plagued with that system and you know what God said God says I'm having vengeance on that I'm having vengeance on Satan's work in man and what he did was he incarnated himself right into Adam and Jesus became the last Adam and he conquered all sin and he conquered all death and the Holy Spirit raised up the lost Adam he raised him up and what happened to the lost Adam he raised him up as a man as the son of God as a life giving human being seated at the right hand of God the Bible says in Romans 1 he was raised without sin without death and that is God's vengeance and that man Include that Jesus includes you. He did it with your sin. He did it with your death so that you can have life. Glory to God. And He doesn't want you to try and reach that by your own works. He's promised you that life. And let us read this verse and then we're going to pray. It says, I will ransom them from the power of the grave, I'll redeem them from death. I will come in with a vengeance against death. O death, I will plague you. 
And God has plagued death with the resurrection. You know, the message of the resurrection is like a plague to the law system. He says, O grave, I will be your destruction and I will not change my mind. I'm going to push this thing through right until the end. Glory to God. Church, isn't this just an absolute good news message? It's good news. God loves you. God cares for you and has come to set you free. Let us just pray together. Father, I want to thank you for the fact that I can sit here and preach this message with such a conviction in my heart, such a passion in my heart where I can hear your heart, your passion to set your people free. And you have come and you have brought a message that can plague all thoughts of rejection, that can plague all thoughts of not being good enough, that can plague sickness and disease, that can plague um, uh, all forms of sin in the flesh and fruit of the flesh, that it can, that it can, Father, thank that we can know you plague sin and disease with the fruit of the Spirit manifesting in your people. And thank you, Lord, that we can know this verse that you've given us in this truth that you've declared in Titus 2 that you will redeem us from iniquity it's not our work to become free it is your work and you will purify unto yourself uh, own zealous people for good works thank you Lord that we can have a heart zealous to help the poor zealous to preach the gospel zealous to reach out to people zealous to preach this gospel all over the world zealous to help our neighbors zealous to teach our children this good news glory to God hallelujah Amen and amen. Church, I want to thank you for watching this. I want to encourage you, man. Go and listen to this message over and over. This message is going to be transcribed. You will find it word for word and written format as well on our website. Um, normally it's within, within this week. Make sure you go to dynamicministries.com and you can click on our audio messages. And when you, when you click on our audio messages, you will also see there's a tab that says... Um, now I forgot what it, what it says. It says notes. I think it says notes. And when you click on that, you'll find this whole thing transcribed there. Share this with people. It's not right that people are going through such difficult times as pertaining to feeling condemned by God, feeling God brings plagues and disease and all those kind of things. No. He plagues those thoughts of negative negativity with thoughts of beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning and so forth and as you find the lord creates in you uh, 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 makes you a person zealous for good works just give over man just say lord I, I i give myself over as a person zealous for good works you bring it forth in me i'm available for that and as you feel those promptings unto good works you know just follow it he that began the good work will also complete it he begins it by the fruit of the spirit and he will complete it by bringing immortality to you glory to god thank you so much for uh, joining uh, in this service i know that you are deeply loved by god and i trust that you've been deeply blessed god bless